Listen here, as a middle-aged white guy, I don't have a say in who gets N-word privileges, but I am sure Steven Seagal does not have N-word privileges. And that is just a taste of what awaits you in this installment of Pops and Box Office Flops. Pops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Good evening, all, and welcome to the 225th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, the internet's premier pod for bad movies, and oh, bad movies, and mostly good beer. Tonight, we are discussing the final chapter on our Hops and Aging Action Star Flops with 2002's Half Past Dead, though admittedly, we are straining the meaning of Action Star with this Steven Seagal vehicle. Straining like his pants in this film. <laughs> He's about half past 275 in this movie. Oh, oh, oh. Listen, I don't want to turn this into a whole let's fat shame Steven Seagal, uh, but all of the critics at the time certainly did. So, like, you know, we're in a gust company to do that, I guess. When- this isn't <laughs> even as fat as we see Steven Seagal get. No. I know, that's a wild thing. Like, it's not even that bad. I mean, he's sweating profusely throughout, and his face looks like a California raisin's body, but, you that, know. That is fair. Well, I am Captain Cash, your warden in this podcast prison, but for tonight, you can call me El Fuego. With me is some of the worst of the worst scum potting has to offer, including Bling Blake, who is still holding out on where he stashed. 200,000 kegs of stolen beer. This movie is as dry as Sasha's magazine, and the whole damn thing is a misfire. But for the absolute scum of the earth, the Thunderous Wizard, back in gem pop after being clinically dead. Don't mind me when I sit off the metal detector. I've just got a titanium knee, a plot point that will never come back. Nor does the fact that he's been dead once. The whole hey, title that, that, of the that film. That sort of comes back. Sort of comes does back. Does it? He well, took a 22-minute ride on the yeah. flat line. Let's play some cards and talk about that. That's why the bald guy wants to talk to him. Because he's like, I don't fear death now because Jesus and stuff. But you were dead, so tell me what it was like. He's like, oh, I ate a lot of Philly cheese steaks, obviously. So. <laughs> the food in heaven, or let's be honest, hell. Steven Seagal did not go to heaven. It's a lot fattier than you might imagine. Who's a real calorie dense. Who's doing the heavier lifting here? Seagal's belt or the wig that he has to that he wears in the like two scenes he's not wearing the do-rag? Is that a wig or plugs? I don't know, man, but it's bad. At the end, he looks like his hair is like made of rubber. It's like a Halloween wig. I don't understand why they didn't like put some styling product in it. It's all like like going out the sides. It looks like crazy. Okay, okay, okay. We're, we're going to have a moment for this. But first, let's talk beer. Tonight, we're drinking Arctic Panzerwolf by Three Floyds Brewing. APW, as I'm choosing to call it, is a medium-bodied Imperial India Pale Ale that comes in at a face-slapping 9% ABV. That's APW, 9% ABV. Yes, I went to school for podcasting, and that's how you get those sweet, sweet acronyms. APW and ABV. Heavy beer for a heavy action star. I like it. It also comes with some fun can art that straddles the line between threatening and silly. It has a really angry-looking red-eyed wolf face. Uh, And I chose this beer because I have no doubt Steven Seagal sees himself as an Arctic panzer wolf, but the rest of us see him for the silly goon that he is. So with that in mind, for those of you at home, drink up and enjoy... The Panzerwolf, the APW. Yeah, because you're not going to enjoy this movie, so you better enjoy no, your beer. Yeah, you won't. That was the um, other reason. Yeah, it yeah. was a nine percenter because you're so, going to need all nine of them percents. All right, so uh, for those of you who've had Arctic Panzerwolf or just are familiar with Three Floyd's Brewing, 
how many bad movies would you sit through were you plied with some APW? Um, I'm going to say I really taste the 9% here. <laughs> like, it's not like some of the other high-octane drinks that we've had where I'm like, oh, man, it hides the alcohol well, but I still kind of taste it. Here it is very upfront. You know exactly what you're getting into with this. So I'm going to say one and a half because by the time I'm through... I mean, even if we're doing HPD at 90, 98 minutes, I'm going to make it one and a half movies before I pass all the way out here. Mm. HPD or HPV? Because I feel like this movie gave me general awards. <laughs> potato, potato, buddy. Potato, we thought we potato. saw the last of it in 2002, and here we are dealing with it again. So, now, yeah, ever, it's kind of. <laughs> ever since Andy Garcia brought it up during expend for bowls it's been a flare-up i could not get this beer tonight but uh being in the midwest we are smack dab in the three floyds distribution ring so i've had a lot of their beers i'm going to assume that this one is is the same as the rest which they're all have very strong flavors uh and usually a, a decent alcohol content so i'm guessing i'm going to be with you on the on the one and a half movies maybe push it to two we actually drank some of their Three Floyds Alpha Claws uh, for Palm Springs, which I like a lot, but maybe that's more because it was a dark beer, Christmas beer kind of thing. Um, Arctic Panzer Wolf is, again, not bad, but boy, you know what you're getting into here. All right. So let's get into the details of Half Past Dead HPD. Uh, it was directed by Don Michael Paul. Uh, this was, in fact, his directorial debut, and the, it was an inauspicious beginning. <laughs> the The debut of DMP was HPD? Yes, indeed. And he may or may not have gotten HPV while on set. OMG. <laughs> Fortunately, NPH was nowhere nearby, so he's in the clear for this. That's not his fault. The director, DMP, Don Michael Paul, yet again, uh, would go on to direct a number of straight-to-video movies. Uh, this is, as mentioned many times, a Steven Seagal film. And I will now pause the pod for an airing of grievances of Steven Seagal for two minutes. And I'm looking at you, Thunderous Wizard, with the understanding that after these two minutes, we are going to hold the conversation to... The movie itself, not just how much Steven Seagal sucks. We all agree, he sucks a lot. So, I will now set the timer. Grandpa needs a second to work on his phone. Give me just a moment here. You don't have like an older timer, Grandpa? Like It's just like a kitchen egg timer? I really wish I had an egg timer. That would have been appropriate. All right. Two minutes. Hourglass. Starting Oh yeah. now. So... First and foremost, I don't care about fat shaming Steven Skull because he's essentially a Russian asset. Second, Steven Skull is full of shit. I have no doubt that he has significant martial arts training, but like Frank Dukes from Bloodsport, most of the legend he created around himself is bullshit. The whole reason we even had to suffer through Steven Skull is because Michael Ovitz, the super agent from CAA, trained at his dojo in Los Angeles. And was like, hey, you got to meet my trainer. This guy's amazing. Because for some reason, Michael Ovitz, who waded through bullshit for a living, could not sniff what Steven Skull was shoveling him. Did he and have a do-rag on at the time? Perhaps oh, he was blinded by maybe. the do-rag. He uh, might have had some doo-doo in his pantalones from getting choked out. Allegedly. Yeah, for sure. Alle- allegedly, yeah. Uh, well, you know, he can't be choked out. He was also apparently like an elite special forces member who did several raids in foreign countries. So yes, he has absolutely lied about working with the CIA. He is a terrible human is a big fan of Vladimir Putin who might be the, like he's in the running for current worst human. And Steven Seagal is, is his fan and buddy. Steven Seagal sucks. So big time. Yeah. What is worse the blackness of Steven Seagal's soul or the fake blackness of his hair plugs wig situation going on in this, in this movie. I mean, I'm most offended that he's supposed to be this Russian guy and he immediately just goes in with like the traditional, 
Steven Seagal thing. <laughs> His name is Sasha. Sasha. <laughs> I mean, he can't do accents. I mean, I mean he, he can't. Casey? He can't do. He can't do anything right. Aside from thumb out Tommy Lee Jones's eyeball, and you know, sell himself for Russian secrets. Also, he's like a super serial sex pest. Uh, 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 so uh, 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 there it is. That's there. the two minutes. Yeah, we are yeah. moving on. Piece of shit, sucks. dude. Right. Sucks. Okay, you got you got your last shots in. The film also stars Ja Rule, which in retrospect, his involvement here is somewhat foreshadowing for what would happen with a fire festival. Uh, I could tell you other people that are in this thing, but listener, you either wouldn't know them or I would be doing them a tremendous disservice by reminding you that they are in this movie. Hey, wait so, a minute. You, we got to credit Corrupt, who appeared in Hollywood Homicide. What up, Twitch? And you also he have to credit the uh, large man who was in the uh, replacements. Loved him. He's a great guard. Again, so, there's that. <laughs> and I and... am so sorry to corrupt and the large gentlemen who actually were highlights of this film. Morris they deserved Chestnut, better. Morris Chestnut's acting wasn't exactly top notch in this, but damn, he is a handsome man. Jesus Christ, I... the amount of his monologuing is obscene. It's like, no, no, we get it, dude. You're crazy. Yeah, we, you're we totally get it. You're crazy, you're angry that you took a government job, that you totally knew what you were getting into when you did it. This is on you, homie. There are scenes in this movie where he is monologuing in regular speed and the camera is showing him like move a crucifix back and forth in slow motion. And it's just like, it's too much for me. I want somebody to kill me. Yeah, I mean, this movie was very incompetently made. That's not... But I feel like there are a number of reasons for that. Like, I feel bad because no one sets out to make a bad movie, right? And I got the sense that there were a lot of things working against this. It was never going to be a success. The film was released in November of 2002 and was made for allegedly $25 million, bringing home $19 million and more or less ended the two-theater career of films for Seagal. So... This was it, I, yeah. This is his last guess, theater movie. Thank God. Thanks, Half Past Dead, uh, on some it, level. Would it also be safe to say it murdered Ja Rule's career? Ja Rule went on to do stuff. See again, Fire Festival. He, he went on did to... some things that weren't straight up fraud as well. Yeah, he went on ja, to... Ja Rule uh... is one of the best parts of this movie. Yeah, There's sure, a lot sure, happening yeah. around <laughs> totally. Steven Seagal. It's, it's a very low bar to be the best part of this movie, but I think he's one of the best parts of this movie. <laughs> I Listen, I'm going to give it to... is It's six of the 49ers, who is very clearly just here from an underworld <laughs> ripoff. Yeah, Nia, Nia Peoples? Is that yes, her name? I believe that is her name. Well, she I mean, did all her own stuff. That's the actress's stunts, so. name. Yeah. She's the only one. Yeah. Why is she wearing the no, word That's going to come up later. Hang on to that shadow. thought. How many stunt people were required for this? Oh, my God. One of whom was seriously injured, by the way. Ugh. I mean, the Seagal stunt double is so remarkably thin, it's laughable. I, I think he's what wearing I a stress. pillow under his shirt. At it was point, not yeah. one. It was not one. It wasn't even two. It'll probably. come up later. Hang on to it. Those guys uh, probably quit because he's such an asshole. <laughs> In any case, the critics were absolutely savage to HPD. It sits at 3% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a number of them taking shots at Seagal's weight. Even Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert got in on the beating with this absolutely career-ending, and I quote, Half Past Dead is like an alarm that goes off with nobody in the room. It does its job, stops, and nobody cares. Wow. I mean, I cared that it stopped because I needed the, the pain to stop. <laughs> I feel like 3% is generous. Uh, it, it, this isn't good, but it's also, it's not... It's one of those things for me, and we'll let's we'll talk about it as we kind of what could be done better. But the challenge is, it's not bad enough to be good. 
it's not bad enough to be interesting. And there are like hints of occasionally, oh, that person has charisma and I don't mind watching them for two minutes. And that's the problem. It's it's not bad enough that it's like, ha this is fun. And it's not like, it's just it's not there. I'll tell it's you, since there. I watch a lot of bad action movies, like today, for example, I went and saw Argyle. Took, took I'm kids. bummed. I really wanted, like, I like Sam Rockwell and everything. He's great in it. Okay. Uh, most of the actors are fine. It's just the plot is all over the place. Like Cavill. Great. Cavill's love, good. Cena's in it. Cena's great Cavill. and stuff. But they're barely in it because they're the fictional version. Yeah, so, the B-plot. Um, so I, I watch a lot of bad action movies, obviously. Uh, the Bricklayer. I would rather watch The Bricklayer a thousand times over Half Past Dead. Because at least that movie's trying. Steven Seagal is trying so little throughout this movie it's lazy. It's very, very yeah. lazy. Uh, it is, however, mercifully short at 89 minutes. So I guess thanks. Didn't for feel that, that way. Too? Took me six tries to get through this movie. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Well, before we get into the plot, let's take our one sentence descriptions. Before we get yours, IMDb calls this a man goes undercover in a high tech prison to find information to help prosecute those who killed his wife. While there, he stumbles into a plot involving a death row inmate and his $200 million stash of gold. Which, I mean, yeah, kind of, but Bling Blake, what do you got? In an effort to prove he's not a washed-up action star, Steven Seagal proves that he is, in fact, as washed-up as it gets. Oh, and Ja Rule is here and Morris Chestnut is a handsome man. Fair enough. Thunderous Wizard! Half Past Dead is an action movie that revolves completely around a plot that has nothing to do with the central plot of the movie. I listen, is Die Hard in a prison? Yeah, but like the whole purpose is he's undercover to bust this one guy who we see in the beginning of the movie and never see again. It is very strange. The guy who mm. killed his wife. The big bad. We don't get any revenge on him. That was for the, they were saving it for the sequel. What do you want me to tell you? Can we talk about the Game Boy device that they no. use as the lie detector test? No, we're not. Listen, we're that not going to. That was gonna... a TI 83 calculator and you know it. <laughs> I, you run Snake on that thing. You know why I his pulse doesn't quicken? Because the dude's in a diabetic coma. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why his pulse doesn't quicken. You could ask him anything, it's not going to matter. Why is your blood type Rocky Road? I think this movie is what happens when you stick The Rock and The Matrix in a blender and then very carefully filter out all of the charm of both. Rumor was that this was delayed because of The Rock. Like, because like, oh shit, this is also set at Alcatraz. Hang on to that thought. <laughs> There's some trivia behind that too. I'm going to get that one right. Woo! All right. So, the plot in so much as it can be said to have one. Actually, you know, there there is a lot of plot. There's just not a lot of story or interest. There's a lot of things happening, for yeah. sure. Um, well, it's set five minutes into the future, where Alcatraz has been reopened as a supermax prison with a state-of-the-art death chamber where the condemned can choose from their, fav their favorite five possible ways to die. Lethal injection gas chamber, hanging, firing squad, or the electric chair. I feel like that's kind of cool, though. I mean, like, you get to go in there. It's like a buffet. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to go with this. <laughs> you, you get It's the same thing. You get your last meal. Yeah. You get the how we're going to kill you. I feel Here, like I'd, I'd pick two or three of my favorites and be like, do them all. Can we do both? Can we do yeah. them all at once? The, is that yeah. is that possible? The faster this happens, the better. So <laughs> right, inject me lethally, shoot me, then electrocute me, then hang me, just in case. All right, here we find FBI agent Sasha Petrovich Segal going undercover as a Russian car thief who is brought in by Nick Fraser Ja Rule to work for a crime boss who killed Sasha's wife. Don't worry, this won't come up again, as we have previously noted. What do you think his wife's name was? I'm just curious. Just a Olga. Quick, quick aside. Olga? Sasha yeah. and Olga? Yeah. 
I think her name. I think her name was Super Size Me. <laughs> oh, Bertie! I'm, I'm just gonna kill this motherfucker the entire pod. Bertie was the one female McDonald's character. You could Wendy would have also worked. Grimace. It was right there. Come on, <laughs> Grimace. Steven Seagal could be Grimace in the McDonald's story. He doesn't even need makeup. He just walk up a couple flights of stairs and he'll turn purple. I, I want to see someone in the Grimace suit do the slap fight thing that Steven Seagal does. It would be incredible. Can we get AI to do that for us? Hold, no, no, no. The plot. Focus. Here we go. What happens is the deal goes pear-shaped and Seagal's character it's Sasha gets shot. <laughs> it, should I say it goes Steven Seagal-shaped? Does, yeah. does that work better for you? <laughs> Either way, the deal goes bad. And Sasha is shot and clinically dead, but he, he he comes back. So he's 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 half past dead, you guys. That's, that's the whole thing. Anyway, uh, eight months after this, he is recovered and just like Ja Rule, who plays a character called Nick, is incarcerated at the new Alcatraz Supermax prison. But they are not alone. No, sir. In fact, in this Supermax prison, with the dealer's choice of state-sponsored murder is Lester McKenna, a thief who stole $200 million worth of gold bricks in a heist and then hid them away somewhere, and he has never revealed the location. Which, I understand the heist resulted in the deaths of five people, but that still doesn't feel like something you execute a guy for. I will tell you this. It's capital murder, bud. The United States government does not give a shit about those five people but they do care about those gold bricks. Yeah, exactly. And if you kill him, you're not going to find them. That's all it I'm would, trying to, like... They would take him to one of G-Dub's black sites and torture the hell out of that son of a bitch. <laughs> Dude, he's going to get... Well, I mean, again, five ways to die, your call, bud. You like I dogs, Lester? You like light? <laughs> what, what about when you don't get any light or sleep? That uh, that that took a surprisingly dark turn and a very specific dark turn. Uh, but here to witness this execution are the head of the Federal Bureau of Prisons and a Supreme Court justice who sentenced sentenced Lester. Also, this movie's fundamental misunderstanding of how the Supreme Court works. I it was <laughs> she's, like she's the one justice that sentenced him to this. No, this is actually, I, I thought about this for a minute. She's the Supreme Court Justice now. Yes. She was a federal, oh, either certain, okay. probably district okay. court judge. Are you sure? Judge. Yes. Think about how this movie's written. <laughs> okay, that's fair. But <laughs> are, are we sure? Presumably, she has ascended to the bench while Homie was on death row for however long he's been there. Yes, because he's clearly an old man. It happened a while ago. He's out of appeals. This is it. I, I am willing to grant the film that much but so she's just here because maybe she's got a snuff kink I, I don't know why are you attending the the state-sponsored execution dude she's not she's got the ned stark thing going on man turns out lester, whoever makes the whoever passes the sentence swings swing the, sword. the sword yeah lester killed her husband she's so. not the one flipping the switch she's just there to make sure it happens well you know it's a you could read day. about that later not Westeros. We're in a Supermax Alcatraz death chamber. All right. So here's something we got to address about the death chamber and about this prison in general. Why are there so many trap doors as if this is a David Copperfield show? There's trap doors everywhere in this prison. Lots of trap doors. A lot of trap I, doors. Like the party. Clearly, sir, you have never designed a prison. Every prison, by federal law, is required to have no less than a dozen trap doors. It's a weird, listen, I, it's, it's weird, it's archaic, but it's our system, damn it, and that's what we do. Trap doors in every prison. Also, you need at least one timed either fire or crushing device that allows you direct access to the thing, but if you don't know the timing of the fire or the crushing device, you die. That's fair. This is totally revamped Alcatraz, so that it's, makes sense. Every prison needs at least one Zelda trap. A dozen trap doors, one Zelda trap. That's how it goes. Fair enough. 
you can't just have Clint Eastwood's wrinkly ass rolling up in there and escaping again. So that makes sense. Again, you, you got to put him in. You want to give him some options with the trap doors, but we know where the trap doors are. It's important. Anyway, a small but well-equipped team of terrorists who call themselves the 49ers because California and gold, that doesn't really go anywhere, but fine. Parachute onto Alcatraz and take control. Led by a 49er who calls himself one uh, and is also the warden's assistant. <laughs> uh, and then, as the as I mentioned previously, the 49er six, who really just, it's Kate Beckinsale's character from Underworld, which I think was 2003, but it was, it's real. What is she doing here? <laughs> it, it's very different than it's, everyone uh, else. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, she's it's, the best part of the movie, I think, so. Yeah, fair. Uh, obviously, the team wants Lester to give up the location of the hidden gold. Uh, when Lester doesn't tell them, one begins murdering the people gathered to watch Lester be killed. And yes, Lester has found God and religion in the interim. But that doesn't really seem like much of a negotiation tactic. <laughs> like, here's the lady that sends you to die. Tell me where the gold is or I'll kill her. All right, Lester. There's only one person left to pull that switch. Kill them, please. Yeah, you should, you should kill that guy. Go ahead. Oh, awesome. Oh no, not not the person who sends me to die. Yeah, I, I mean, it, as the audience, we, we do kind of get the sense that that he is racked with guilt over yeah. the way his 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 gold heist went down and the deaths that resulted from it. Like he he accepts that it's you know he should die for that, and 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 so you do get that, but. There's no reason to believe that 49er one has any of that insight whatsoever. Yep. Which again, the, the second you think about any part of this movie, it all falls apart. So yeah, we're, we're, we're moving on. We're moving on. We're moving on. Uh, the terrorist plans are obviously disrupted when Sasha kicks into high gear and decides to fight back. At this point, Sasha's identity is revealed as an FBI agent that he used Nick to get to Sonny there's a little bit of tension, uh, but don't worry. They work together. It's fine. Sasha ultimately rescues Lester, uh, and the 49ers strap the Supreme Court justice to the electric chair, threaten to kill her with help of Nick and some of the other inmates, such as Twitch, I again corrupt, and Little Joe, I again, dude from the replacements who we've recently looked up is Michael Talaferro. Sorry for mentioning you were in this. You seem like pretty good dudes, and you were working really hard here. Sasha sets out to rescue the hostages and take down one. The conflict culminates in the 49ers taking both Lester and the Supreme Court Justice in a helicopter. But Sasha jumps on board, throws the Supreme Court Justice into the bay, which presumably saves her because I guess she can swim, jumps off himself, for Lester to reveal that he's strapped with a suicide vest and blows up one, which again, we've set up that like he's he wants to atone for his sins, but why does Lester not just look at one and go, I know where the gold is and you've got a helicopter. Let's just go. Let's let's each have a hundred million dollars in gold bullion. The, Split it the, right the down plan, the middle. Plus, I'm old. Yeah. I'm probably going to die soon anyway. The plan is so elaborate when he doesn't need to put the Supreme Court justice in any danger. Also, when they do the exchange and they're like, oh, it wasn't her. It's like, you mean to tell me you didn't notice this as she walked to you? <laughs> she looks nothing like the Supreme Court justice. You know, so... That's it for one. Uh, that's it for Lester. But Lester had confided in Sasha where the gold was. So Sasha leads them to where the gold is buried. And they bring along the Supreme Court Justice, too. Because, by the way, listen, she wanted to watch the guy die. I guess she just wants to see the gold dug up. That's fine. Why not? I think she just likes field trips. I, I get it. I get bored in D.C. I want to go see what else is out there. This anyway. is also just a complete ripoff of... The, the rock plot line where he reveals to him where he can find the film of who actually murdered JFK. And little. Anyway, a month later, Sasha 
shows up and tells Nick that he's going to be out of the Supermac prison for all the help he gave him. Uh, And then it ends. And Steven Seagal definitely says the N-word, you guys. And I mean, it was like, it was 2002. So simpler times, but boy, that is striking. I think it's just his jowls garbling the name Nikki. But just quivering. At least that's what the subtitles were hoping. Like the subtitles were even aghast at what he said. But it, it must have been Nick. There's no way he said that. Oh man. Just but no. so much. In fact, he had. All right. Well, so overall, how many beers do you need to let's just say make it through this movie? Oh, I'll take this. I'll go first. This is a uh, this is easily five of the most painful pain beers imaginable. I if it was like a little bit longer at six, this movie has nothing entertaining about it. It's hard to believe how how bad it is. Forty nine um, or six. I'm just saying. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. So five really really painful beers. Really painful. No, that's that's entirely fair. Uh, I only gave it five because it is short. If this thing stretched to one oh five, it's six. At ninety eight, I'm out of I'm out of there in ninety five minutes. I'm not watching the credits. Yeah, five. Well, Wait, shame like, on you because there's a there's another scene in the credits of corrupt talking to future Oscar winner. Uh, I forget yeah, her Monique. name, but yeah, Monique, <laughs> and that, I guess that's his his wife or something. But it was great. Yeah, it's. I was happy to see her show up. It's easily the uh, one of the better two minutes of the movie. Hey, Again, save the best keep, for last. We keep reminding people that people are in this movie that don't deserve to be in it. Like everybody starts somewhere, you guys. But let's let's not drag people through the mud. Bling Blake. How many beers? Well, once again, I am the kindest member of the pod. Weak so, with a soft heart. Dude, no, don't you dare defend this movie. I'm going for pain. Yeah. One, you get one enjoyment out of me. There is there is enough charm with the uh the inmates trying to climb the rope and doing like when they make the dude shoot the rpg and he blasts himself into the guard tower like there's just enough of that stuff that happens that i was like oh i don't hate everything about this um that that i'm gonna go ahead and say yeah one enjoyment for pain it sucks this movie's terrible total is the takeaway no no i'm saying five total Four, oh, okay. Or pain, four, one, right. one enjoyment. You gave it an enjoyment beer? It gets one enjoyment beer. I, you know, I can't fault you. It's not. We yeah. like bad movies. I mean, this is a bad movie. All right. So we're going to take a break. And Audible, if you want to send us some money, we'll put your ad right here. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. This is the 225th episode, and we are talking half past dead. So let's get into some lingering questions. First of all, this movie's trash, but is there anything that could have fixed it? And don't say don't cast Steven Seagal. Just could this have been fixed? You've got to improve the gunplay and the action scenes, like the the fisticuffs. The gunplay is like totally nonsensical and all over the place. There's a friggin' chain swinging scene. Um, there's people just jumping all over the place with little regard for what comes next. They just land somewhere. And a lot of the action is terrible because, well, Steven Skull didn't do most of it because he clearly is incapable physically of doing most of it. So if you improve those things, like, uh, for example, like Ja Rule stunt double fights six pretty decent i like it you don't have to cut as hard because it's not as flagrantly flagrantly obvious it's not ja rule as anytime they replace steven's goal which is frequently i think he does like maybe 10 minutes of work in this movie 
I mean, any there is no time where Seagal moves in real speed, right? Like the only time that, that you see him doing action, it's like painfully slow-mo. So he's like, you know, like fake jogging, I guess. So yeah, I, I think like some consistency with the the stunt work. And uh slow motion, get rid of all of it. Yeah, get rid of this the hyper motion, the fast forward they use. It's baffling some of the I shit mean, they did in this movie. It, listen, those are fair and reasonable things they could have done to have improved this. So I, I'll take that as a win. But uh, you also have to do more with the script. Right? Also, yeah, I mean, maybe yeah, just yeah. cut out the entire opening shit because the plot about his wife doesn't matter because you never see that guy again. So make it strictly about he's there to get the information from this dude on death row and then the prison gets taken over. Done. I, I don't sure. know that he needs to necessarily be an FBI agent. That too. I mean, he doesn't really need to be a redeemable character. None of that matters at all. No, I mean, in fact, it probably makes a more compelling character arc if he is, in fact, just a car thief who is like, I don't want to see people get indiscriminately murdered. Like, I'm a car thief with a conscience. Like, that's not a crazy thing, but Seagal is incapable of actually letting himself be a villain. I mean, it, it is funny how much he he plays basically his own mythos of, you know, I was this advanced CIA guy, but now I'm just a regular dude. It, oh, wouldn't wouldn't okay. this movie make a lot more sense if uh, the guy that they were ripping off cars for was the guy who sent in this team to get the information about the gold? And he's like, "Hey, you guys are in there, so help me out." And it's sure. Like, no, screw you. Like th that would work. Anything. We have. I I think the one thing that that bothered me the most though was that like we don't get any real establishing or establishment of Seagal's character and Ja Rule's character being friends, right? So this perceived betrayal of, you know, him being undercover the entire time, it doesn't really, it kind of falls flat because we don't know their relationship at all. We've also seen this movie a million times where two best buds turns out one's undercover and the the trust is broken and they have to learn to be friends again. I mean, there's the shitty Adam Sandler, Damon Wayne's movie. God, Proof, I love that movie. Which is, which is the same thing, right? Like, except that one has a more focused plot where and he's people with charisma bust the guy they work for, and then he gets hurt and it goes into the hospital and survives, but the trust is broken. Whatever. This movie just has no central focus. It's like a hodgepodge of shitty action movie tropes. That's fair. And it is basically just die hard in a prison. Which brings me to the next question. Which is your favorite die hard that isn't die hard? This can include Under Siege. It can include Cliffhanger, Con Air, Passenger 57. What is your favorite die hard but not die hard? Easy answer for me. And we did it on this pod in the early days before you guys joined up. And it was me and the the irate lover. It's Sudden Death with Van Damme, which was filmed in the Igloo, the Pittsburgh Penguins old arena. There you go, yeah. It is a fantastic diehard clone. It's incredible. Plus, you get a great turn from Powers Booth as the evil Joshua Foss. That movie kicks ass. Maybe we should revisit that. It's not the I'm one where he... Uh... Where, where he makes the weird dart gun with the fire extinguisher. Hell yeah, and he puts yeah. it up his sleeve, dude. That's sick. And he <laughs> catches the, the game-winning yeah, goal. He, yeah, he yeah. plays goalie. He, he stops plays goalie. A, he stops a breakaway. Um, it's, a, it's a good movie. For me, it's uh, it's got to be Air Force One. Okay. G Gary Oldman as a fantastic villain once again. Harrison Ford. Uh, get off my plane yeah what's not to like there air force one's great it's funny in that air force one is a diehard except both the target and john mcclain are the same guy yeah now listen speaking of plane movies what's the one with seagal and kurt russell executive decision executive decision that's a good oh movie. executive decision so You're right i'm sorry and steven skull was such a pain in the ass that they're like all right dude we're just killing your character 
He makes it like four minutes into the movie. <laughs> They're like, he was so fucking annoying. We had to kill him. Like, you're done. It's, it's I've over. never been happier to see a protagonist die in the first act as I was in that. In in retrospect, that was the end of his career. Like people were so sick of his shit. They kill him off in the beginning of that movie, and the hero winds up being the nerdy guy. In All a right, now I'm gonna say something that might be lobbing a grenade here. Under Siege is pretty good. I liked Under Siege. Actually, I to be fair, Under movie. Siege Under Siege is a good movie, and it's hard to reconcile with the fact that it also stars this person I absolutely hate. But at least we get Gary Busey and Tommy Lee Jones, and we both didn't... of whom are great in that in like that movie. Chewing scenery, like as fast as they can stuff it in their own faces. That's one of my favorite Tommy Lee Jones movies because it's so not a Tommy Lee Jones character that we normally get. Um, I mean, he he is shades of when he did Two Face. Yeah, a little bit. A little I see bit. That. Yeah. He it's a legit great diehard clone. And we didn't hate Steven Seagal at that point in time. We didn't know yet. enough yet. Yeah, yeah that's you know? fair. We, it was a simpler time. We were innocent. Yeah. <laughs> we just because. And fun fact: that's my first set of boobs. Yeah, the lady pops out of the cake. Big yeah. deal for everybody. Erica Elenik from Baywatch. Yeah. All right. So probably a bit morbid. You got five choices. How you going out? Is it hanging, firing squad, gas chamber, lethal injection, or electric chair? Oh, lethal injection, hundred hundred percent. Just go to sleep. I'm not doing the chair. The chair is. No. Totally inhumane. Uh, firing squad, uh, I don't know. I don't like the mystery of it. Oh, the uh, hanging, one guy. Absolutely not. Because if your neck doesn't break, oh boy. Yeah, I mean, hanging goes wrong. It's terrible. Yeah. But it it usually goes right. You see the big enough drop. I, but I think just, just for the nostalgia's sake, I want, uh, I want a cigarette and be tied to a post. Yeah, and, and, and like firing five squad. dudes shooting me. That's yeah. that's where I'm but, at too. But only one guy actually has bullets. So no, what? no, it's the other way around. Only one guy doesn't have bullets. Oh, okay. So you yeah. have the the maybe I'm the guy that doesn't have it. Yeah, like but I think that's also a myth. Yeah, that doesn't seem Probably, like a thing. because I then think, the guy they'll be like, I was cheated. Yeah, because like think, the the second your rifle doesn't recoil, you know yeah. that you didn't like. Well, yeah, we I have think blanks. I'm, I think I'm going lethal, but apparently that's quite painful. Right, ends and you can't end. move. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they keep they keep botching that. I don't know. I'm yeah. certainly or gas chamber, maybe then. I don't know. But I'm not doing the electric chair. Screw that. Definitely not doing that. I I I honestly think firing squad is the best way to go. Yeah. And in fact, like you say there's one guy that doesn't have bull. I'm like, give me 16 dudes. I don't yeah. Count the three and let's like do this. Yeah. Like well, you forgot rows. the the sixth option, which is sort of the uh let Steven Seagal slap me to death. No, the clockwork orange Listen, option is I have that. A, I have a schedule to make. I need to die. I can't sit here for 20 minutes while he plays footsie with me. You actually just get pinned to it. You get strapped to a chair with your eyes pinned open, your eyelids jammed, pride, and you have to watch the entirety of his filmography until you just your body just quits. It just convulses. And it's like, I've had enough. And we're done here. Thanks. Thanks, though. Fourth and final question. How great is Steven Seagal looking at Durag, you guys? Who who looked at that and were like, yes, yes, great plan. It's, again, it's better than his hair or wig or whatever. It's, it is it is the better option. The plugs are bad. Uh, although I will say Steven Seagal in a Durag straining to say it is like the sixth or seventh layer of Dante's hell. <laughs> so it's. It's just field after field of do-ragged Steven Seagal's. Aight. Aight. You feel like you're walking past him. And they just keep coming back. There's just one more. It's always one more. <laughs> Aight. Well, all right. With that, one more break. And we'll be back with HPD Trivia Challenge. Welcome back to Hobson Box Office Flops. You've made it to the 225th episode where we are talking half past dead and we've made it to the trivia portion of the evening. 
Gentlemen, you will be playing for Steven Seagal's do-rag. Do you think that thing's dried out yet? Not a I chance. Don't, I, don't, I don't think it ever gets dry. It's just always just, smothered, just slightly damp. Smothered in uh, spray-on tan and, and sweat. God, it has to smell like hot dogs. <laughs> Smells like hot, Trump's hot dogs bedroom. and Grecian formula. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, any of the standard chime-ins will do, but if you can do a Steven Seagal, uh, that'll work. Number one. Actually, let me ask. Gentlemen, are you prepared? I, I'm a bad man. <laughs> it's what I came to do, and I always finish what I started. Nikki, he killed my wife, Nikki. She was a great lady. The best part about me, She's four shots in the chest. Hey, did, uh, did I somehow select the sixth <laughs> death without <laughs> someone telling me? I feel like someone should have told me. God, I want to throw myself in front of a car right now. Every night, right. Nikki, she made me <laughs> she made me bottomless crab cakes, Nikki. Rangoons. So many Rangoons. Better fit in my robe these days. All right. Uh, question one. Filming in California was prohibitively expensive for this film. Where instead did they shoot the interior prison scenes? A, Moscow. B, Berlin. C, Warsaw, or D, Kiev? I... I give it to the Thunderous Wizard. It's Berlin. Berlin is correct. Well done, Thunderous Wizard. I'm surprised it's not East Germany. I assumed Moscow was the correct answer. <laughs> I really was trying to lean into that as hard as possible. Yeah, so it was I'm a good red herring. Thank you. Question two. This film only got made with the help of the notoriously shady production company, Franchise Pictures. Which other pod-appearing bomb did they also produce? Was it A, the Roger Corman version of Fantastic Four? Was it B, the 13th Warrior? Was it C, the Adventures of Pluto Nash? Or was it D, Battlefield Earth? I... Bling Blake. Uh it was the uh the 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 first one. Um the Corman Fantastic Four? Yeah, that one. Perhaps, but no. That is I I would need to check to see if it, that was indeed franchise pictures, but no, I made that up entirely. Damn. Okay. Um, I Okay. I, I'm gonna go with the movie I feel like would need um a subpar studio to back it, and that's Battlefield Earth. That is correct. It, based Damn. on internet research, it was indeed Battlefield Earth. Not to worry. We we have a bonus question. So, Bling Blake, you are still in this game. Question three, related to the last one, Franchise Pictures is alleged to have used m this movie to embezzle tremendous amounts of money and overinflated the $25 million budget. How much is it estimated that Half Past Dead actually cost is it a 10 million dollars is it b 12 million dollars c 14 million or d 16 million i'm a bad man <laughs> i have to give that to the thunderous wizard okay well this is fortunate for you blink blink because this movie looks like such hot shit I have to imagine they embezzled the most money possible, so $10 million. Incorrect. Ooh. That leaves 12, 14, or 16 million. How much is it estimated this cost? I mean, you could embezzle a nice round number like 10, mm. but 11 seems more likely, so I'm going to go with 13 million. That was not an option. <laughs> I thought it was. Oh, answer. 12. Sorry, 12. I'm going to go 12. Okay, so 12, 12 14. 14 or 16. Can, can you DQ him? That's, that math still doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't. Where, 12. Okay. 12. They invested 12. 13. So close. The correct answer was 14 million. <laughs> Your instincts were right. It was, in fact, 11. 11 but that would have been 14 million. Yeah. Math is tricky sometimes. That's all right. Why well, I went to law school. That makes sense. All right. 
<clears throat> it was in financial law, so. <laughs> I'm now willing to do open speculation. How much of that uh, 14 million was a cocaine rider? Four and a half at least. Minimum. Listen, El Fuego. At least five, 500,000 for El Fuego, certainly. Dude, he seemed like he was coked up in his one scene where he's like, like, I'm going to lay down the law around here. And it's like, what is this? What is the purpose of this? Oh, and he like deliberately hijacks the thing from uh, Shawshank Redemption. Put it's, your faith in yeah. in God. Your ass belongs to me. I'm like, I. we all saw Shawshank, right? Because what? It's 2002. Well, you- even if we had seen it and Seagal probably had heard about it, he would write that line or approve such a line and be like, isn't that brilliant, guys? I just wrote that. It's brilliant. <laughs> All right. Still anyone's game. You could tie it up. You're not shut out. Bling Blake, you're still in this. 2-0. Don't get scumped. How many stunt doubles did Steven Seagal use for this film? Now, we don't have an exact number. Unfortunately, and and one of these people were seriously injured, so I I hope they made a full recovery. Is it A, at least four stunt doubles? Is it B, at least five stunt doubles? Is it C, at least six stunt doubles? Or is it lucky number seven, at least seven stunt doubles? How many stunt doubles at least... Steven Seagal use. Aye. Uh, Bling Blake. Always go high. Seven. That is incorrect. You are no longer in the running. Congrats on your do-rag, Thunderous Wizard. Enjoy that hot dog smell. Four, five, or six. How? At least, again. Okay. It might have been more. We don't know. But at least. I feel like I'm going to go, I'm going to go five. That, you know, you were closer it was four. But at least okay. four, apparently. So, so here's a question. How many of them had to just get in a suit together like a comedy routine to match his girth? <laughs> you know, I just think you get Harvey Firestein from Mrs. Doubtfire. And he shows up and he's like, oh, you, you work very hard. Your body looks great. We're just going to cover you in just foam. It's going to be good. Like this movie could afford Harvey Firestein. Get out of here. All that right. would have made this movie better. What? Let him be the let him be the 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 warden. Firestein improves <laughs> anything he's in. It's a fact. I, honestly, that would make this movie much more entertaining. <laughs> I would be going back to the questions before. You know how you improve this movie? Firestein plays the Seagal role. God, it would have been amazing. He's probably better at martial arts. Eight. Ah, I guess it doesn't change that much. So, all right, Bling Blake. I was wrong before. Technically, you could still tie it up. There remain two questions. One question and a follow-up. You're still in this game. You could split that do-rag and that sweet, sweet hot dog scent. Could be yours. Question five. True or false? Half Past Dead was written after The Rock. I. Bling Blake. True. After The Rock is incorrect. It was written before The Rock. And in fact, uses B-roll footage shot for The Rock. I knew that part because Michael Bay and this dude are apparently friends. Which, I mean, good for this dude. Yeah, so I knew they they used it. Yeah. So that means, like, this thing sat on the blacklist for, like, four years? Like, (laughs) this was on the blacklist? Did Don Michael Paul like get a cameo in Transformers? Like, if I'm Michael Bay's buddy, that's really all I'm asking for. Let me pay play one of the racist robots. Michael Bay offered to blow up Steven Seagal for him. <laughs> we got some leftover VX gas. It's a, it's a real friend. It's, a, it's just something only a real friend would do. All right. Well, Bling Blake, you you definitely don't even get half a do rag at this point. That's all you, Thunderous Wizard. But for funsies. Question six, as a follow-up to the last one, how many years was Half Past Dead written before The Rock? A, 20. B, 
10, C5, or D just one? Farts and tarts. Or Thunderous Wizard. Par pardon me. Farts and tarts. Farts and tarts. Uh, I'm going to go with five. Ooh, no cigar, sir. Damn. Bling Blake, just for funsies, so you're not completely skunk because you sit at zero, sir. Yeah, they're running around the house naked. Just one. Ten. Wow. Ten years in advance of the, a late 80s script. Makes sense because this feels like a late 80s movie. I mean, uh, it's definitely like Die I'm, Hard in a Prison. I'm going to recommend a late 80s movie as well as several other things. And this has the feel of like a middling late 80s action movie for sure. Only with the 90s, you know, sort of early 2000s, late 90s aesthetic, which was just essentially hell on earth for action movies. Like if they were bad, they were just really goddamn bad. <laughs> they weren't even like entertaining in a bad way. So, yeah. Yeah. Not a great time. But to that end, congratulations on your do-rag, sir. It will arrive uh, via whatever the Russian version of FedEx is. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm uh, excited to use it as a butt wipe. Because <laughs> I really hate use it once then. Can't make it smell worse. That's true. Zero chance. All right, so no recommendations. <laughs> what are we into? What are we feeling this week? Thunder Scissors already gave us his. Blink Blake, I want to hear you. What do you got going on? I got plenty more. Well, you you said already. That, that, I said Blink Blake. Blink Blake, give it to us. <laughs> Blink Blake's going. Did I did I do Masters of the Air last week? Or did I just talk to you guys about it? I can't remember. No, you did not do Masters of the Air yet. Okay, good. Because I is that I like now... He-Man, but it's a plane? Yes. <laughs> no, it is the it is the uh spiritual sequel to Band of Brothers and the Pacific. Oh, yes. yes um yes. about the, the air war over Europe and the bloody hundredth uh heavy bomber group from World War II. It's I'm on the third episode now. They're releasing them every Friday on Apple TV Plus, and it's really good. Uh, Austin Butler does still sound like Elvis a little bit. Um, a very lot good. of in Dune too, though. A lot of a it. lot of but, it. I mean, the guy apparently, the real guy apparently had a drawl. So could it, could you imagine if he couldn't drop the accent for Dune too, and he just looked at at Paul Atreides and like you're caught in a trap, <laughs> and I can't walk. He uh, he looked at Paul Dreyfus and said, "The slow knife is the one that cuts." Um, if I had any complaints Fear about Masters of the Air at killer. all, <laughs> if I had any complaints about Masters of the Air at all, it's that Barry Kilgan is in it and his dong is not. But other than that, it's a really good show. The other one uh, we mentioned it earlier in in the pod. Uh, under Siege is, is a, a legitimately good action movie. Uh, as we said, Gary Busey, Tommy Lee Jones doing great work. Steven Seagal, the first we saw of him, not the first we saw of him, but early on in the career. It's a great movie and it's free on Amazon Prime right now. And then the last thing before you guys get into your stuff, I, I want to issue a retraction. Okay, last week I was a little salty. I was a little uh, contrarian. Just wanted to fight with our good friend T-Dubs about anything and everything relating to the Expendables 4. And as a result, I insinuated... Killed Carl Weathers? As a result, I, I, you killed Carl Weathers? You murderer? You absolute monster? I insinuated that Carl could not hold his own acting-wise with the rest of the Expendables, which is a patently ridiculous statement because there are some terrible actors in those movies. And of course... That episode dropped last Friday, and then later that morning, we got the really sad news that that Carl Weathers passed away. Rest in peace, my friend. Uh, he was such a good, good man, a, a great actor, and obviously he means a lot to all of us here at the Hops and Box Office Flops crew. I mean, that's a, such a huge part of our childhoods. So my recommendation uh, then is go watch Rocky. Go watch Predator. Go watch The Mandalorian. Happy, watch Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Yeah, exactly. Um, give give a little love to uh, to Mr. Weathers' catalog, Dylan. That son of a bitch. It was uh, it was a good run, buddy, and and you will be sorely missed. So I'm mostly terrified to say like, Dolph Lundgren is not as good an actor 
as Carl Weathers because I'm terrified. Don't kill Dolph. Kill yeah, Dolph don't Lundgren. kill Dolph. Don't do it. So don't I did it. just watch Aquaman too, and the reshoots are very apparent. Uh, so I'm yeah. actually going to provide my recommendations, and I'm going to start with a Carl Weathers vehicle because I loved Carl Weathers. I loved him so much. I even watched his really bad early 90s uh crime show street justice because he was in it but action jackson 1988 yeah film it's fantastically 80s it is not a good film but it is a lot of fun and you get a host of like all your favorite 80s henchmen uh al young is in it uh craig he t nelson. better than anybody yeah craig t nelson from coach shows up as like a bad guy sharon stone is there vanity from barry gordy's the last dragon it's fantastic uh and he's got some really killer one-liners in there oh bill duke's in it as his police captain and then i saw the beekeeper i mean hang on i just want to before we get off of carl weathers he's in toy story He's combat Carl. He's combat he really? Carl. Yeah. He's combat Carl. Yeah, combat I don't think Carl. I ever knew that. That's awesome. Yep. And uh so my second one is I saw The Beekeeper with Jason Statham uh and my boy Jeremy Irons and Josh Hutcherson who's great in it as essentially just a total rich douche. It was really, does good work, yeah, man. It was really good. The beekeeper good. had some fantastic action. People are sleeping on Hutcherson. He's like a... straight so, so... up. Uh, you should watch that. You can rent it now for twenty bucks, but in a few weeks it'll be five bucks. And if you like hard hitting, brutal action movies, beekeepers friggin' legit. So bricklayer bad, beekeeper good. Oh, beekeepers like yeah, like legit good action movie. It was nice. awesome. Sick. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that movie. Beekeeper. Uh, I did thoroughly. Dog, it's always so. like this, and he just has this thing. Where he's like, "I'm going to beekeeper, and I'm going to keep bees, and then I'm going to do a thing." Yeah, and and that's Big essentially shock. what he does. Felicia Rashad is the the woman he goes to avenge. It's fantastic. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I saw Argyle. Like, I can't recommend that. I can't. That, it was, that's it how was I bad. feel about Aquaman too. I yeah. saw it, and I'm like, eh. Yeah, yeah our, our, our guy was bad. Uh, so if you like spy shit, uh, that Mr. and Mrs. Smith show, good. Is it good? I've, I've been, eye, yeah, I've been good. eyeballing it. It's much it, better than the movie. It's much more... Is it as cool. good as the True Brown Lies movie. show? Oh, or is geez. it better? That's, that's, the real, that's the real barometer here. In Enema is better than the True Lies show. <laughs> so it's, I've heard they're very cleansing. I don't Both are cleansing, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Mr. Even. and Mrs. Smith, good. True Detective Night Country, very good. Really? Because yeah. I've been seeing that, and I like... So I like, love True Detective 1. True Detective 2 was also okay. Yeah. Mm. It was and I kind of checked out at 3. Three's good. A bummer. Three's a lot better than 2. That is That's true. the one with yeah. Marishala Ali, right? Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. So, yeah, check out Night Country. But you got Jodie Foster in it. It's got to be good. And back to Mr. and Mrs. Smith, literally anything Donald Glover does, I will... Get in line and watch. He Don uh, Glover. I'm is only. The best. I'm. I'm very early in, but I will say it's it's well written. Uh, it's much more grounded than the movie, which was sort of absurd and and so star dependent. So I'm excited to see where it goes. But yeah, my nice. main recommendation is the Beekeeper because holy shit, I loved the Beekeeper. <laughs> he loves okay. keeping bees, honey. You get you get mead. You get. He's- it's a real apiary enthusiast. Yes. Uh, my recommendation this week, and I'm a little trepidatious about this because, God, the fan base sucks. But the last season of Rick and Morty just dropped on Max, so you can watch all of the Rick and Mortys, and it's it's still very well written and fun. And uh, yeah. Yeah, the fan base sucks, but and the and the main guy is like a a bad dude, right? No, he's gone. They they got a new guy. Oh, he's oh, okay. long gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you know, so every once in a while you're like, oh my god, that's cool. I didn't even yeah. great. It's good. I 
I, my, my biggest issue with the whole thing, I think, is more around people get obsessed with, like, what's the lore or the whatever? I'm like, it's here to be funny, irreverent, and broadly, like, offensive, barrier-challenging time to time. It still manages to do that. I don't give a shit what the actual story is. I, I didn't know there was one. I there. I didn't either. I don't. I don't watch the show. I don't watch it enough. I I feel like if you're upset that they had to get rid of a statutory sex pest, dude. Like I mean, I saw them tweets. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, and the fact that he was private messaging young women. It's like they have no choice. So yeah, you can't behave in that way. But. He had lots of choices. Don't be a gross weirdo, bud. No, but it ain't he, that what, hard. But what Tito oh, saying is that, but I'm not gross about it. Christ, eh, that's debatable. But but obviously the, stu- the 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 studio's hand was forced. I mean, they they, they both they, of you they guys had... are gonna wind up being my lackeys at Comic Con again this year. I just want you to know. Oh yeah, surprise, surprise! Another news: water's wet. You know how hard it is to make twenty four <laughs> costumes. You it's know very difficult. To, you know how hard it is to be your bitch for three days and a million degrees in a three piece tweed suit. Well, that was just one day. That's he, not was, fair. he was sweating like Seagal throughout you, this movie. You, you bled me. Oh my and god! Marched we, me around. I didn't realize the whole time when Blake was supposed to be Doctor Jones, he was in fact Seagal playing Doctor Jones. Right? He was, more he black was, hair dye. He was Seagal if he cameoed in the Kingsman. I suddenly remembered my armies are the rocks, the trees, and the birds in the sky. And slap fighting. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening. Next week, we are into round two, maybe three, of hops and superhero flops. So come on back. <laughs>